Welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. My name is Rose. I cannot believe that I get to be with you twice in two weeks. I mean, come on. This is great. I love it because I love all of you. You guys make me feel so comfortable, so at home, and so you are so welcoming. And I get so many great notes from you and emails and texts that I really appreciate it. So thank you so much for being the audience that you are. And thank you to Sean for allowing me to do this. And Linda, also I'm going to say thanks to Ethan and Katie in New York City Studios and my guy, Greg, right here in Pittsburgh. So we'll get started. Of course, I've got a little I want to talk to you about right now. We'll take your phone calls. So get ready. It's 1-800-941-SEAN, 1-800-7326. So, you know, Oh, so many years ago, Thomas Jefferson warned, when the representative body has lost the confidence of their constituents, when they have notoriously made sale of their most valuable rights, when they have assumed to themselves powers which the people never put into their hands, then indeed their continuing in office becomes dangerous to the state. Well... We have lost confidence in our representative body like never before, and our most valuable rights have been stolen from us. They most certainly have assumed power, which we've never granted to them, and they are, as Jefferson warned, dangerous to the state. Our rights have been violated and disregarded, and and some might think us foolish for refusing to give up the fight. I consider us having no other choice. We just can't let it be said of us that we stood by and did nothing when the Republic was breathing its last breath. This isn't about one election, not even one candidate. This isn't like the time Republicans lost to Obama. Remember that? Was there voter fraud? Yeah, I mean, come on. It's Philadelphia and some other places, too. Sure, there were some, but he won and we said, okay, better luck next time for us. But this level of fraud in this election has never been seen before. And those in the Democratic Party that also deep down know that Biden in no way in hell received more votes than Obama. And I'm going to tell you something. If I'm Obama, I'd be really ticked off that history is going to record it that way. I mean, that would really bother me. And another thing, too, about those who are accepting this, given the proof and information on the machines, the harvesting and manufacturing of ballots and the shamble of election night? Come on, somewhere deep down, you must know there was something very wrong about this election. But do you know what the problem is, people? They probably do know. But their hatred for a man that only loved this country, their country, and only wanted nothing but success for the people of this country Their hatred for him has led them to turning a blind eye to this sham of an election. And by doing so, sealing their own fate as well as ours. Americans always agreed more or less on where we wanted the country to go. Uh, But we did disagree on how to get there. But you know what? Now we can't agree on whether we want the country to be America or Venezuela. Venezuela, where you see the hard truth about socialism. You vote your way in, you got to shoot your way out. And don't buy the propaganda from Bernie that they're seeking socialism like, you know, Sweden and Denmark have socialism. Sweden and Denmark are not socialist countries. They gave that up decades ago. Ask Bernie where he spent his two honeymoons during the Cold War. 
It wasn't Sweden. The hard left has taken over America using ideas that have failed everywhere they have ever been tried. It's about how a country works and our country works. But they want nothing more than to uproot America, to deconstruct it, to make it something you won't even recognize. So those of us who refuse to acknowledge this election as a fair election realize that this election, this fraud will have consequences. Once we allow government to take our freedoms away, we will never get them back. They have taken the power from the American people to use against the American people. Our government is so large now, it views itself as a nation, the nation. You know, we were always told that we were a self-governing nation, that in America, any kid could grow up to be president. And then guess what? One did. His name is Donald Trump. We elected someone from the outside who wasn't a choice that was forced on us like a Romney or McCain. It wasn't someone whose turn it was. Because for too long, we were only permitted to elect any kid as long as that any kid was who the establishment offered. And since Trump was our choice, not their choice, the government, the establishment came down on him and us. And now they want to be sure that the same mistake doesn't happen again because government and rich corporations are more interested in foreign entanglements than they are in the prosperity of their own nation. So what do we do? I mean, that is the question that everyone is asking right now. We can look again at the attitude of our founding fathers and all of those that fought at that time for freedom and we can try to replicate some of their efforts, I think. I'm certain that at times their task seemed as insurmountable to them as ours does to us right now. We, like them, understand that if we lose the foundation of this country, which of course is liberty, then this nation will fail. You know, it was a pastor. His name is Jonathan Mayhew who was one of the first people to suggest that, hey, you know what we should do? Let's circulate letters to all of the colonies to try to unite the colonies. And he passed away before really any of that got started, but Samuel Adams embraced that idea. He understood that we, we were facing something that was bigger than a political struggle or, struggle or an economic struggle. He saw England as a violator of the rights of men. He saw England as a tyrant. He had such a solid grasp on what the American Revolution was about that he understood how important it would be to propagate those ideas, to promote those ideas, and circulate them through the colonies. Now, listen, they had a bigger job than we do because we've got social media, right? Well, sometimes we do, unless you said say something Twitter doesn't like or goes against its narrative and Facebook's narrative but we still have so many platforms available to us. These guys had to write up circulars and, and get them out to the colonies, right? Adams understood the value of people educated on those issues that were more, most important to them, their rights and politics. He wanted them to understand this. 
Just like we want people in this country to understand what socialism means, what it means on the other side to live free. They haven't been educated. In our schools, in our homes, we haven't educated them. And that is what Adams did. So he wanted the colonies to be united. And he said, not by eternal bonds, but by the vital force of distinctive ideas and principles. This is what worked well to bring about that unity in the colonies. And here's an interesting note. Adams once got a letter from a guy who was considered a patriot, a Plymouth patriot. And this, this patriot was very concerned about losing the liberty that they sought or never fully realizing that liberty. So he wanted to start one of Adams' committees of correspondence. That is what he called them. They were the committees that Adams had formed in an effort to educate the people in the colonies. So this guy in Massachusetts sent a letter to Adams. And he was concerned that he wouldn't be able to convince people to join the effort in Massachusetts because he said, here's what he wrote to Adams, they are dead and the dead can't be raised without a miracle. And I love Adams' response to him. He wrote back and said, there was no place for despair and that all are not dead and where there is even a spark of patriotic fire, we will rekindle it. So the message for you today is the same as it was to that patriot in Massachusetts all those years ago. People, there is no place for despair. There is no doubt there are sparks of patriotic fire all across our nation right now. You can be sure of that, my friends. And where there are sparks, let us rekindle it. Hey, welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. My name is Rose. Check me out on social media. I love hearing from you. And um, my Facebook is Rose Unplugged. Twitter is at Rose underscore Unplugged. Instagram is Rose Unplugged and the number one after it. Parlor and me, we are Rose Unplugged. And my website is, guess what? <laughs> Roseunplugged.com. So anyway, um, looking forward to hearing from you. Love it. Please like me, follow me and all that good stuff. Uh, let's take Pamela, who's calling from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is where we are actually broadcasting from today. Hey, Pamela, how are you? Hey, Rose Tennant. I am a huge fan. Aw, thank you. Uh, girl, you are good. You're giving Sean Hannity a run for his money. Nah, nobody can do that. His <laughs> shoes are too big for anyone to fill. But I'll tell you what, I am honored to be a part of his show every so often. I love it. Thank you, honey. And we're honored to, to uh, have you as his guest host. Thank you. Anyway, um, my point to make here is we as citizens right now cannot relax. Nope. We have to continually call our congressmen, senators, and representatives. And I think one of the key points to make, because they keep, they, I mean, they're not listening to the evidence. They keep saying there isn't any. And so one of my key points is simply this. So during that uh, insane impeachment process, how many sworn affidavits were signed by people in that process where they actually proceeded to impeach our president without evidence? And there are thousands of Americans who are putting their honor 
and their integrity and, you know, legally can go to jail to say, uh, to show, you know, what they've seen. That alone, don't you think, is enough? It should be enough, Pamela. Pam, honey, it should be enough. Um, thank you for that call. And you are so right. We do have to keep calling our representatives, hold their feet to the fire. And Pamela, it should be enough, but it has not been enough. Now, there are other things you can do, too. What I love is on January 6th, there is an event. Um, it's The location is the Capitol on the Supreme Court side. And it starts around 10 a.m. And, and I'm told that Stop the Steal volunteers will be there to direct you. They'll be wearing orange vests that say Stop the Steal on it. Um, there are buses and carpools that are going from every state. Um, if you go to wildprotest.com, and you can sign up there, and you'll also find out if there are buses coming from your area. Also, the day before, we're going to talk a little bit more about this this hour, Moms for America is doing Save the Republic rally at the corner of Constitution and 8th. So there are ways, too, that you can put pressure on our lawmakers, um, particularly, you know, when you consider the 5th and the 6th. And that's 6th. They have to walk right by that area where we all plan to congregate. And uh, I'll be speaking there as well. But that is where, um, you know, they're going to have to walk through and we want to show that we mean what we're saying. And I think there's going to be probably the largest turnout than we've seen in a very long time. I really do. Um, real quick. Oh, no way. Uh, let me bring let's bring up David just real quick here. We don't have enough time to really get into it. But David, you're back from Minneapolis. How are you? I'm good, Rose. How are you? I'm Okay. Hey, um, so your segment was really popular, not for reasons you might hope, but it was very, very popular last week. You know that? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I ruffled a lot of feathers, and that's fine. Um, Animosity kind of feeds my soul, so that's all right. That's not cool, though. But that's not so cool, right? You don't want to be, you don't want to have that feeding your soul. Look, I'll tell you what, I have one minute before we have to go to break. It's a hard break. Do you want to stay here with us through the break? Yes, because there was one major thing that I left out and didn't say that's really a synopsis of of everything. So I'd like to say that if I could. Okay, and there is one major thing I wanted to ask you, David. So hopefully you'll allow me that. Yes, I will. Okay, thank you for that. All right, thanks, son. All right, hold on. So, okay, we have David, the socialist, is back. Um, if you didn't hear the first phone call from him, you can check him out on Facebook. It's Rose Unplugged, and I did post that, the entire conversation with him. And, um, you know, I matched his tone. He was very civil. I wanted to be civil. If people call and want to argue, then, yeah, I'll argue. I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I can handle it. But um, we're going to talk to David on the other side, the socialist. I don't know what else to call him. David, the socialist. We'll be back with more of the Sean Hannity Show coming up. Follow me on all those social platforms, Rose Unplugged, everywhere you go. Hey, welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. My name is Rose. And hey, listen, follow me on uh, social media, because if you didn't hear David's first phone call last week, David, the socialist uh, from Minneapolis, he's back again. But you've got to hear the initial conversation we had. And that can be heard. You can go to my Twitter account, which is at Rose underscore Unplugged, or you can go to Facebook, Rose Unplugged. So welcome back, David. How have you been? I've been great. been great. You know, the last time we talked, I did not convey to you um, what I really wanted to say in regard to the mindset of my side, because I think that that's where your side has made a very strategic and fatal error um, in underestimating our mindset. And this, this is a synopsis of the mindset. We, 
I hate your ideology and those that practice it more than I love myself. And if that means in order to defeat you, to destroy you and your ideology, that I, that I have to endure a, uh, a trial by fire, so to speak, or if I have to, in other words, if I have to go down with you in order to beat you, then I am prepared to do that. And that's hard for a lot of people to get their minds around. Yeah. And I, I, and I, under, I completely understand it. But, you know, like I mentioned last time, we have the machines, we have the courts, we have the media. And it's pretty much game over. And in, and in two years, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a midterm election. The same machines are going to be in play. Of the course. same courts are going to be in play. I agree. So we will win a supermajority in the House and Senate. And from that point forward, there will be absolutely nothing that your side can do to stop everything that we've told you we plan to do. And here's one of the, this is like a prediction. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. When we win those supermajorities, one of the first things that we're going to do is get rid of the amendment that limits a president to two terms. And we're going to wow. make it retroactive. And well, when you that happens, okay, let me, can, can I just interrupt? Because you just, you, you just gave me a whole bunch of stuff I need to address, if that's okay, David. Give me one sec. Um, first of all, you said that we are underestimating your mindset. Well, not, I mean, like we, a lot of us get it. We do get it. And we believe you. I completely believe you. So I'm not doubting that. Here's what I, I am concerned about. You said that you hate our ideology. And I, again, I think I'm getting feedback from possibly a radio that's on, but you said you hate, um, our ideology more than you love yourself. What is it that is so vile to you? What is it that so disgust you about our ideology and define what you believe our ideology is. I need to know those two things. The lopsided crony capitalism, the rich lining their pockets, including those in Congress, laughing all the way to the bank while the poor remain poor, um, inequitable, inequitable social, economic circumstances for decades that's resulted and millions of people. When, you know, you speak about a, a representative republic. Well, sure, it represents some people, but there's also a large swath of that republic that's shoved to the side, forgotten, used as pawns, and laughed at, ridiculed, made fun of at cocktail parties, and on and on and on. So that's who, that's who I'm standing up for. You're standing up for, for what you believe, which is admirable. And I understand, it. but I'm, you know, I'm here to stand up for the way I see things. And the way I see things is this republic has not been a representative republic for all. It's been a representative republic for oh. some. Okay, now this is where we just, by the way, did you just call Russia's show under a different name <laughs> earlier? Did you? No, I no, I did not. Okay, then you have you have a, a buddy out there that's doing the same. Okay, so let me just say, first of all, what you have described to me as our ideology, what you have said that you so hate so very much is precisely what the, the kind of world that you will create that is created naturally, organically, out of a socialist movement, out of socialism. Everything that you have explained to me. I, and, and, you know, last time you were on, you said that there was an event that happened in your lifetime that changed everything. 
Did you visit a communist country or you might not have believed it was a communist or socialist country at the time? Were you did you visit another country that made you feel this way about this country? No, I didn't visit another country. I owned a business for 30 years and throughout those three decades saw a lot of crony capitalism, a lot of um, greasing the skids and those who knew somebody in this position or that position were the ones who succeed and the ones who didn't were the ones who got whatever crumbs were left over. Okay. I only have like two minutes, so I'm going to like, I'm going to rapid fire some questions so we can continue this conversation even later, later, because I have other things I have to do this hour, but I did want to take you. You said that you wanted to destroy us. You said, I, we want to destroy you. When you say destroy, what can you define? Can you tell me exactly what you mean by destroy? I mean, relegate you to the sidelines to where you're, you're just unimportant. You're, you're not even a factor in the, and the whole dynamic of what's going on. You're just... Well, honey, that's going to happen. You don't even have to do that. That will happen naturally under socialism. But let me tell you this, that whatever happens to me will happen to thee. It will be the same. And if you think that, that we have the, the astounding numbers of poor with us, and that we have people lining their pockets, if you really believe all of that, wait until you see, and I know you're smart enough to know this, that that is precisely what socialism will bring you. Only the few elite lining their pockets on the backs, making money on the backs of the rest of us that work for them. There will be no middle class. There will be no innovation. There will all be poor. Everyone will be equally poor and equally miserable. And that, my friend, is what you were suggesting that you want, even for yourself. I don't, I don't want the destruction of the middle class. If, if the middle class... But you can't have a middle class and socialism. If you can't have both money. How can we take money and redistribute it? They have to continue working. The, the middle class will cease to exist the way we know it. And that is essential for socialism to work. That is essential. It is absolutely. Look it up. Go, investigate. Do some research on the countries that have failed miserably and they lost their middle class. The government took over everything everything. And they keep using these ideas that failed everywhere else that they've ever been tried. You know, and, and, and I'll tell you something, you guys, but you did it right. Okay. Because you had this whole deconstruction of America planned and I got to give it to you. You did it. You demonized America. You told the bad and hid the good. You invalidated our founders and their brilliance. You slandered our founding documents and you want to re- rewrite history. You keep marching through those institutions and they are polluted. They have been polluted by you guys, the culture to science to math with that ideology. And you hold up heroes like Castro and and, and Karl Marx and others who have destroyed innovation, destroyed life. I got to go, David. Maybe we'll have time later on. So hang in there. Maybe call me back. I got to go, though. You're listening to the Sean Hannity Show. My name is Rose. Check me out. Rose Unplugged, you can hear the beginning of our conversation, David and mine, um, last week at uh, Facebook, Rose Unplugged, Twitter at Rose underscore Unplugged. It's all there. And uh, we'll probably be posting this as well. Jason, I'm sure you'll get me a copy of it as soon as you can. Hey, welcome back to The Hannity Show. My name is Rose. If you missed my first conversation with David from last week, The Socialist, then you can go and listen to it in its entirety at Rose Unplugged on Facebook or at Rose underscore Unplugged 
on Twitter. Also, I'll be posting this very soon, uh, this portion of the part two with David, the socialist. Boy, have I, I've got so much more I want to talk about where that's concerned. Um, but, 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 but there's a very dear friend of mine on the phone and uh, I serve on her board. She is the president and founder of Moms for America. And she's got a rally coming up the day before the wild one on the 6th. Hey, Kimberly Fletcher, how are you? I am great. Uh, that was a really troubling call that you just had, though. Yes. That was disheartening. But that is the why you why do we're what doing you... everything we do. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. That is precisely why you do what you're going to do. Now, you have decided that since a lot of people are going to already be in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, you wanted to do an event on the day before, January 5th. Tell us about that. Yeah, everybody kept asking me, are you going to come to the to DC on the 6th? And I, I said, yes, absolutely. And they said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, on the 6th, it's almost too late. We need to be there. Don't get me wrong. And we will be there. But I want them to hear the mothers of this country, and I want them to hear us loud and clear the day before. This is not about saving a presidency. This is about saving and securing the republic. And mothers have been historically throughout the last 400 years of our history, from the landing of the Mayflower, we have been vitally important and, and crucial to the sustaining of the Republic, the creating of, of, of it, to keep liberty. And we need to do that now. And we did. We went to the polls in mass. Many moms who hadn't ever voted, many who hadn't voted in years, we got them registered, we got them out voting. And the day after, they're like, now what? If it doesn't count, why do it? And so we want to make sure that they know it does count. And we have to push for that voter integrity, but we have to make sure that they understand that this is bigger than one election. This election was holding the line for everything that this guy is trying to push and all those people out there who legitimately feel like he does. They are okay destroying because anything God created, the devil wants to destroy, and that is what this is. It is a big battle, evil against good, and those of us who want good, we need to stand up, and mothers are the key. They are. And Kimberly, you know, when we talk to someone like the socialist, David, that called in and, you know, it really is almost a spiritual battle because, you know, um, because we are, are, are allotted that right. It is a God given right, that freedom. And the, the founding fathers understood that entirely understood that. So your event is taking place on Tuesday, January 5th, around one o'clock, I think. Right. Yes, it is. We went from 1 to 3, uh, Tuesday, January 5th. We'll be at the United States Capitol, right across the street from the Russell Senate Office Building. And we have, we have some great speakers. Uh, Kim Klasik, who ran for Congress in Baltimore, um, did an incredible job in showing, shining the light on what the problem is in that community. Um, she's coming. Uh, Mike Lindell will be there and you'll be there. I'll be <laughs> speaking be awesome. as well. That's right. And Kimberly does as well. Kimberly delivers a wonderful message if you've not ever heard it. Um, it. It will be a spectacular event on Tuesday, January 5th. Now, do, should people just let you know that they're coming? And what is the website that you want them to go to, at least to get more information? Yeah, momsforamerica.us. They can go there. There's a box right on the front page. Um, we're just adding information. It just says, come back by tomorrow. We'll have all the information up there, but the map and location is there at the time. Um, we'll have a full speakers list in the next day or two. Everything's happening fast and furious. People are all calling us and saying, we want to be there. We want to be there. Um, the, the capital area, they're, you know, limiting how many people can be there. 
But we make sure and tell people that they're limiting people. And if you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask. We don't want them to um, not allow us to be there. Uh, but we are coming. And we will have a, a large area across the street where people can gather um, as well. So I, it, they, they limit us to 50. And I, it's this whole COVID thing. And this is one of the whole things that another reason why we're doing this. When you are kicking families with toddlers off of the plane because a two-year-old will put on a mask, and you know for a fact that that mask isn't doing anything to protect you from anything, then it it, it riles you up as a mama bear. And and now that that Fauci is coming out and saying that yeah, he just made this up and this thing and that thing, and you have members of Congress who are now coming out there. Um, Senator Rubio came out and said that this guy is deceiving people. We've known that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. why is everyone oh, else wow. being quiet? <laughs> it's not news to us. <laughs> so, right. okay. So, right. so you'll have all the information on your page, and I want you to give out that information one more time, because I, I, that way everybody will know where to go, exactly what time to show up. And uh, just a reminder, Mike Lindell, Kimberly Fletcher, myself, and others will be speaking there. You won't be disappointed. So go ahead, Kimberly. Let's get that address out there one more time. I have less than a minute. It is momsforamerica.us, and we will also be live streaming it. And for is spelled out F-O-R, momsforamerica.us, right on the front page. Click on it, and you'll get all the info there. All right. Well, thanks for everything that you do. On behalf of moms, you have you give us all a voice all across the country. You've done such great work. Kimberly Fletcher, thank you so much, Moms for America. You're, you're, you're really, you're doing it, girl. You're doing it. And we appreciate you. You too, Rose. Thanks, <laughs> All right, honey. Bye-bye. All right. We'll be promoting that all through the, um, the show, too, because it is a nice event every time I do something with her. You know, one more thing, too. David, uh, you know, uh, he, he talked about us being, you know, crony capitalists and um, hating capitalism. But you know what? Socialism and communism, that's what they're built on. They're, they're built on cronyism and, and, and crony capitalism, you know, not capitalism. And and I just, it's astounding to me. And I think he knows this. I think he, I, I, he doesn't sound like a stupid guy, right? Right? Anyway, we'll be back with more. Um, you are listening to The Sean Hannity Show. Call me, 800-941-SEAN, 800-941-7326, 800-941-SEAN. And coming up, wow, my goodness, I have some great guests coming up. <clears throat> Congressman Louis Gohmert will be next. So stay with us. Welcome back to The Hannity Show. My name is Rose. Please follow me on all social media platforms and like me, do all that stuff you're supposed to do. It's Rose Unplugged on Facebook, and that is where I have my first interview, or my, I'm sorry, I took the first phone call from David the Socialist. Rose Unplugged on Facebook. Also, you can get there from Twitter. It's at Rose underscore Unplugged, and then Rose Unplugged everywhere else. I mean, everywhere else. Don't forget to check out momsforamerica.us. They are doing a Save the Republic rally on January 5th in Washington, D.C. Then the very next day is the Stop the Steal huge rally. It's at the Capitol on the Supreme Court side. Go to wildprotest.com for more information on that. I'll be speaking at both of those events. My guest, I love this guy. He is, I'm so grateful that we have him representing us. You know why? Because he actually represents us and he gets it and he knows what we're facing as a country. He knows where we've come from. And I appreciate all of his efforts so much and his staff is just amazing. I love them as well. Please welcome to the show, Congressman Louis Gohmert, the first district, Texas. How are you, Congressman? Of course, I know I'm fine, Rose. Always better talking to you. Oh, uh, 
because a roast by any other name just would not be nearly as sweet. So now, anyway, this is another reason I why I like the you. Way you stand up to <laughs> socialists too. You're not a. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll give them. Hey, listen. One thing is for sure, Congressman. Right, and uh, they underestimate us. We we will not go down without a fight. We love this republic. We love it. We we adore it. We understand it, and we understand why it's necessary to preserve it and the Constitution. Yep. And we do this for future generations, like it was done for us, Congressman. That's exactly. Yes. And I lived in the Soviet Union for a summer on an exchange program. And if you're going to have socialism, you, you're going to have to give up the First Amendment. Obviously, you give up the Second Amendment, but no freedom of religion, no freedom of assembly, no freedom of speech, no freedom of the press. On and on it goes. No right against unlawful search and seizure. I mean, you're giving up First, second, fourth, fifth, sixth amendment rights. And, uh, it, that's, you nailed it. This, what we do is for future generations, the same way we're not living with all this freedom because something we did or we deserved. It's because prior generations, uh, rose up and, and, and fought and preserved these, secured them, preserved them. And uh, we rise up and call the prior generations that did so blessed. I mean, they fought a civil okay. war for equality. They have fought for for fairness and justice and freedom around the world. And uh, now we're about to lose it because of the Bill Ayers generation that didn't succeed by killing people and blowing things up. So they... Uh, moved in, got tenure, and started teaching future teachers that socialism was a good thing. In other words, miseducated them. But uh, we still have a Constitution that we take an oath to. That includes the Supreme Court and other courts, uh, even though we haven't seen a demonstration of them remembering their oath in recent days and months. But uh, that's why we're still trying to get a court for the first time, to hear evidence on fraud. And, and there I is evidence. And, and there's, there's evidence. plenty of evidence, <laughs> yes. but no court has been willing to have an ed- evidentiary hearing, bring in witnesses, bring in the evidence, and weigh the evidence. And so that's allowed uh, the left the alt-left media like CNN, MSNBC, and all those folks to say, again, fraudulently, that uh, every court has looked at the fraud and said it doesn't exist. There is no fraud. Not a single court has had an evidentiary hearing brought in the evidence because they could never say that truthfully if they had that kind of hearing. But we're trying to help uh, the vice president by getting a uh, ruling from a federal court that uh, makes clear that the vice president, as presiding officer over the January 6th uh, joint session of Congress, has the full authority to determine what uh, electors may be sent there fraudulently and what are not. And I believe he has that authority, but there is a conflict between the U.S. Constitution 
that's Article 2, Section 1, as well as the 12th Amendment. And uh, an old law, the Electoral Count Act, um, that there's a conflict. And so to uh, resolve the conflict and make clear the vice president has that authority, uh, especially where states uh, have sent two sets of electors, one uh, based on fraud uh, that, that says Biden should be president, and the other that is not based on fraud that says Trump should be uh, president for four more years. Wow. How do you see this playing out? I mean, for, on, on the face of it, when, when we read the headlines, it says GOP lawmaker sues Pence to give him exclusive authority. But that, that's a positive thing that you're doing uh, because you're giving him that authority that is unclear at the moment. And why is it so unclear? Well, the, uh, the Electoral Count Act uh, clouds the issue and actually takes away power from the vice president that the vice president actually has under the Constitution and 12th Amendment. And so we're seeking a declaratory judgment, making clear the vice president does have that power. And where it conflicts with the Electoral Count Act, the Electoral Count Act is unconstitutional just to that extent, because somebody has got to make that determination. And the courts have all indicated that so far, that uh, they are not up the, to the task of preserving and protecting and following the Constitution. So uh, we're hoping and believing that uh, we will have a court that is willing to do that. I don't personally know the judge that will be hearing this case, but, um, you know, we believe, you know, <laughs> with that hope that springs eternal that... Uh, yes. We're going to finally find a judge, a court that follows the constitutional oath that's taken. Where, um, when they, when are they expected to hear this case? Well, obviously, <laughs> soon. Uh, I hope be moved after. <laughs> yeah, it will be moved after January six. So, right. we're hoping to get a hearing this week. Wow. All right. Well, good luck with that. And I'm so glad that you're making these efforts on behalf of the American people. That's so important. What else can happen on January 6th? I mean, what can we expect from the House, for example? What, you know, because the, even the president has encouraged people to come out on January 6th to Washington, D.C. to put pressure on members of Congress. What, what can we expect that day? What do you think we can expect? Well, outside the Capitol, we expect to have a lot of people show up and make clear that a majority of legitimate votes that were not dead people, that were not people that voted more than once, that were not electronically manipul electronic manipulations, um, you know, that the legitimate huge majority uh, actually want to see the non-fraudulent ballots and votes prevail. And so I think there'll be lots of people in Washington. I keep hearing from people that will be coming there. Uh, we know that, uh, heck, the last time I participated in uh, a rally in Washington, uh, you know, uh, when I spoke to the group, 
I thank the police and and appreciate express appreciation. People uh, being conservatives, they gave them huge applause. And then uh, we find out afterwards. I see video. I see uh, stories that the police forced the conservatives to run a gauntlet through the uh, violent BLM Antifa. The, the Nazis out there and uh, got some of them hurt and damaged. So uh, there apparently are still police that that don't get that their job is to preserve and protect and instead play politics and get people hurt. Right. Uh, I would like to think that from my experience with great law enforcement in Texas, that that uh, is the absolute rule around the country. But there are some that uh, they still want to play games, and hopefully they will not be out there in Washington. But I, I guess the ones that forced the conservatives through gauntlets that created violence, uh, I guess they were really reflecting the will of the uh, local mayor that doesn't want us protected, that wants the violence against conservatives, because that's certainly the way um, the... Uh, actions that have been taken indicate, and so, I, I know I was chased down the street. Uh, yes, near you the were. White House after the president's speech. My wife and I didn't run, but um, if we had, if a guy had not opened the door, then I told my wife, if they get here before this door gets open, go ahead around the corner there. There's police half a block away. I think they'll stay and just beat on me, but get do not stay and Aww. try to help me. You'll get beat too. And uh, these people were, you know, massive people were running toward us. And then out of nowhere, this guy appeared that uh, was an employee there at the building and he scanned his, the, the, his fob and, and, uh, we were both able to go in, but oh, anyway, I can't even believe that uh, you were, that you have to live that way. That's to. crazy. It's just it's wrong, it and we shouldn't have to. But if it takes uh, having to deal with some of that kind of stuff in order to preserve the union, then we got to do what we got to do. We can't let the Nazis take over. Congressman, let me ask you this too. We, we talked about what we expect outside the Capitol on the sixth. What can we as Americans expect? from our representatives on the 6th inside the Capitol? Well, I can't speak for all of them, but I can speak for many of them that, uh, of whom we've all agreed that uh, we are going to be objecting to any electors that were selected by fraud. And we are going to object. And there's a whole bunch of us that are going to object. And... Uh, Senator-elect Turbeville has indicated that he's going to object as a senator, and we're hopeful that we will have other senators that object, too. But uh, it it does concern me when I hear senators say, well, you know, I don't know that I can object because it'll set a really bad precedent to have uh, Congress overrule a vote at the state level. That violates our ideas of federalism. Well, Rose, it violates our ideas of stopping fraud, stopping yes. the destruction of our Constitution. How about that precedent? How about it? Let the country fall into chaos because 
we don't want to be the ones that set the precedent of standing up for what's right. Well, then uh, we wouldn't even have a country if people had not stood up for what was right and stood against fraud and impropriety and injustice. So uh, this is our generation's chance to stand up for what's right. And uh, decades down the road, some that think socialism is a good idea now will look back and say, wow, we really narrowly escaped exactly all of our freedom but that exactly. generation knew we just didn't realize we'd been miseducated sir you are so right and and congressman gomart let me say thank you for standing up and doing the right thing time after time after time we appreciate you and thanks so much for joining us today on the hannity show thanks rose always bless, wonderful honey. to talk to you thank you same here happy new year We'll be back with the Sean Hannity Show in just a moment. But, you know, while we're away, make sure you check me out on social media. Go to Facebook and uh, it's Rose Unplugged there. You can hear the first inter- or first phone call I had with Dave, the socialist, and Unplugged, Rose at Rose underscore Unplugged for Twitter. And then call in. We'll take your phone calls, 800-941-7326. And I've got lots more to talk about. We have... Congressman Guy Rushenthaler next half hour. And then at five o'clock, Burgess Owens, my buddy. All right, we'll be back with lots more of The Hannity Show. Hey, welcome back to The Hannity Show. My name is Rose. Check me out on social media everywhere. Me, we, and Parlor is Rose Unplugged at Rose underscore Unplugged Twitter and Rose Unplugged on Facebook. Also, I think I only have like a minute here, so I really wanted to get to Cindy She was calling from Ohio. She's responding to Dave, the socialist, and she said he underestimates the fight in the American people. Um, Go ahead, Cindy. You have like a minute. That's it. Okay. Hi, Rose. Um, I just wanted to I wanted to respond. Um, I pity Dave because he is an empty person and he has filled himself up with hatred towards something he doesn't understand. And what he underestimates is the patriotism and the power of Jesus Christ in prayer in all of we patriots that love this republic. Amen, and he girl. Said he's will- yep, he <laughs> said he's willing to go down with us. Well, we're willing to go down for our country because... So this is, a, this is not- and Cindy, I have to go. I'm so sorry, honey, but this is a hill that we are willing to die on. This is that important to us. You're so right, sweetie. Thanks for being so patient. We'll be back with Congressman Guy Rushenthaler after this break, so don't go too far away. That's right. Welcome back. My name is Rose. Check me out on social media. It's Rose Unplugged just about everywhere. Twitter is at Rose underscore Unplugged. The first part one of the David the Socialist phone call can be seen and heard at Rose Unplugged on Facebook and at Twitter at at Rose underscore Unplugged. Part two will be going up pretty soon here. That was pretty crazy. Anyway, a couple of things I just want to remind everyone of the big event on January 6th in Washington, D.C. Go to wildprotest.com for information on buses and where the rally is going to be held. Also, Moms for America on Tuesday, January 5th, will be doing their Save the Republic rally the day before. And you can find out more about that, momsforamerica.us. I'll be speaking at both of those events, and I'd love to see you there. That'd be so much fun. Okay, so joining me now is actually someone I've known for a very long time, and I've respected for a very long time. And I was so very pleased um, when he became a congressman representing the 14th Congressional District of Pennsylvania. And he's doing an amazing job. Please welcome to the show, 
Guy Rushenthaler. How are you, Congressman? Rose, thanks for having me on. As always, call me Guy. And I can say you've known me for a long time, but I feel like I've known you for even longer because I've been a fan of yours for years. And I grew up listening to you and on Pittsburgh radio. Uh, so, so it's an honor to be on with you. And congrats on hosting The Hannity Show. Oh, thanks, sweetie. You know what? And, you know, I do feel like you're like one of my kids or something. You know what I mean? Not that I'm old enough to be your mother, but, <laughs> but no, you did grow up with us. And you always remind me of that. Uh, Quinn and Rose, you listened to us for years. That's how we knew you were going to make a great representative um, for the people and for the republic. So I'm so glad you are where you are. And, you know, you and I had a conversation right before Christmas, and I thought it was really interesting. You You made some really great observations. You were talking about who the establishment really is these days right. and, and, and how, how the youth have changed so much from years prior. I was wondering if you would mind sharing that uh, today, because I thought it was a, a really interesting observation. Sure. Well, I, I remember I was getting a little philosophical with you on the conversation, but the point of it is this, is that we as conservatives constantly think that we are the establishment, that we're the mainstream. And I don't mean the establishment as political establishment. I mean the social norms. But that's not the case. Uh, I, do a lot of, I do a lot of talking with college Republicans and, and have a lot, a lot of younger people that are working my campaign. It's now, the, it's now the kid that's bucking the system that is running around with a MAGA T-shirt or, or is being vocally conservative. Uh, our viewpoints are now... We're the, we're the counterculture, and we need to recognize that because it should motivate us to get back into you know, a position of power. And if you think about it, we as conservatives too often just focus on politics, but there's many different battlegrounds. Uh, we have colleges and universities. We have uh, entertainment in Hollywood. We have the corporate boardroom. And all of that is upstream of politics. Politics uh, gets the culture flowing down from there. So we should be active and trying to make sure that our schools are teaching kids uh, and not giving them propaganda. We should make sure that we're fighting back against these colleges and universities that are, um, that are producing just, just what, what these, these kids that just have one point of view, and that's a liberal point of view. And then, of course, we should do something about corporate America. We're in the corporate boardroom. If you're a Republican, you're probably not going to get too far because they all sing from the same uh, uh, hymn book, and that is that of the social justice warrior. Just look at what has happened this summer with corporate America. They have gone out of their way to pander to the new left party, to the social justice Democrat party. We've got to do something to make a change, and we've got to meet them on all fronts. You know, and that's no easy task, though, because you mentioned this and, and you know, the universities have, you know, they've demonized America. I, I talked about this earlier. They they only want to tell the bad parts about uh, America and they want to hide the good. And and we've seen them invalidate our founders and the and, and the brilliant document, you know, that they gave us in the uh, the Constitution. And, and they, they, they just march through all these institutions. They pollute everything from culture to science and math with this left wing ideology and, and, the, and the people they hold up as heroes are not, you know, our founding fathers, but rather Castro and Karl Marx. So what you're talking about is absolutely right. We need to do it, but it's no easy task. Well, I didn't need to say this, Rose. Too often conservatives want an all or nothing approach. 
the Democrats and the social justice Democrats didn't get in power overnight. It took them uh, through the 1960s, 70s, 80s, and of course through the 90s to slowly make these gains in Hollywood and education and corporate America. We need to take an approach of taking it one step at a time. When it comes to colleges and universities, how about we start here? How about we get rid of the Confucius centers that are, that are there to monitor Chinese students that are studying abroad and pushing Chinese CCP propaganda? That's just the start. How about when it comes to Hollywood? We don't go see a movie that makes America look bad. We can do that for starters. How about when a uh, corporation makes a decision or when a corporation um, is supporting something that we don't support? How about we call and complain and then don't go there so we slowly depoliticize corporate America? We can just make these small little steps, uh, and that will make a big difference. But if we are the silent majority I would say that we will be the silent minority if we're not the silent minority already. It was our silence, our acquiescence, that let the last take control of all these institutions. Mm. You are so right about that, and I love your ideas because we do need to start somewhere. You know, I I so often get emails and and messages from people saying, what are we supposed to do? What can we do? I, I think you laid some great groundwork. I think that we can take a look at, and this isn't unlike what you were talking about, when we look at, you know, what our founding fathers did, when Samuel Adams wanted to circulate um, uh, pamphlets that explained to the colonies what it meant to be free, what it meant to gain that freedom and hold on to that freedom. And his idea was to educate. He got it from a pastor, actually, Mayhew, that idea, but he took it and ran with it and really right. worked with those colonies. And it was all about education. It was all about setting them straight and laying it out the foundation for them so that they knew what it was and they understood because our, our students aren't getting that in the universities right now or in, even in the public schools. Right. Well, Rose, you, let me just tie it all together right here. I'll bring it from 1776 to today. You know, I've got a good friend. He's a Navy JAG, and he tells me we've got to fight every single day as if it's 1776 because our freedom is on the line. Constantly, our personal liberties are under attack. Our economic freedom has certainly been under attack with these draconian lockdowns, and um, we are going to see more of that. So we have got to act as patriots every single day and push back against this. Bringing it to what we can do right now, you're seeing a lot of business owners, particularly restaurants and bar owners, gym owners, defying the draconian lockdown measures that are not rooted in science, that are punitive on small businesses. Those are the Sam Adamses. Those those are the the Patrick Henry's of today. Now, I'm not not saying they're making huge political gains, but they're taking a stand just like the revolutionaries did in 1776 in the the Revolutionary War. And just just to bring this full circle, you're asking what we could do to take back the culture. Remember which gyms defied the lockdown orders. Remember which restaurants told the liberal governors to go pound sand. And when we have, when we open back up the economy, patronize the businesses that had the guts to defy the liberal mandates that actually had the, that were brave enough to open up despite the consequences and patronize those businesses. We can do that right away. That'll make a difference. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up. I mean, first of all, I love your ideas. These are great. We need to write them down and we need to start passing those along. But you're so right. Like people like we had um, the owner, Rodney, from Al's Cafe, who's uh, in Pittsburgh, and he has has defied the governor's orders. He's That's it. He can't do it any longer. This guy's been in business for 52 years. He called into the show last week when I was doing Hannity's show. 52 years doing business. And now they're telling him he can no longer do business. And his biggest concern 
guy, Rushenthaler, was not his himself. It was his employees. How were they going to make Christmas great for their kids? How can they survive with, you know, no unemployment right now available? And, you know, I mean, it's just he cared more about those people that he employed than he did himself. And, and it is impressive. It really, really is. And you're right. This defying these kind of orders, standing up against the mandates, this, you're right. These are the new founding fathers. These are the men who are brave enough and courageous enough to get out there and say, no, we won't take it anymore because it's for the same thing. It's for liberty. We are once again fighting for that very same thing. And you're right. Fight like it was 1776. Absolutely. And they're defying not, not only the, the idea from the left that all the business owners are greedy and out for themselves. Just as you said, these guys are doing this because, for one, their families are depending on those, that, that business. The employees and their families are dependent on that, on that business. And it's really small business. It's the backbone of our economy. Most people actually work for small businesses, not large businesses. But, but they're, also, they're also supporting the science. So it, it, the, if you do con, uh, con, uh, contact tracing, less than 2% actually comes from restaurants and bars. Oh, yeah. uh, Governor Hogan in Maryland, who the liberals love Governor Hogan, he even said that if you do tracing, it's a distant fit. So if it's so distant, if it's so remote, why are the liberal governors shutting down the bars, the restaurants? Why are they forcing people to dine outside in places like New York or Pennsylvania? It's because it's punitive. It's because they're going after these small businesses uh, and they're trying to cover up for their own mistakes. It was Governor Cuomo in New York. Um, and our governor, Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania, that were sending COVID patients into nursing homes. That's right. They knew that was that they knew that was gonna cost lives and it did. We had high death rates in Pennsylvania largely because largely because the miscalculation of these governors sending Governor Wolf here in Pennsylvania in particular, Cuomo in New York when the governor of New Jersey did the same thing. They knew that would spread where you had senior citizens, a lot of them with compromised immune systems. And it was going to cause a lot of uh, a lot a lot of fatalities. So to cover up their mistakes, they're taking it out on these. They're trying to use these business owners as scapegoats. Um, so I think they're champions. Again, remember who defied these orders. Remember who the patriots are and were during this time, and then support them moving forward. Start to vote not only on election day, but vote every single day with your pocketbook. And when you see something you don't like, whether it be a movie, a TV show, whether um, what, what, vote, be vocal. Stop being a stopping the silent majority. If we're going to be the majority, we've got to be vocal and we've got to, okay. we've got to be as engaged as they are, Rose. No, I agree with you 100%. And we have those platforms where we can be, we, we can speak our mind and educate. So, uh, listen, if you guys like what um, Congressman Rushenthaler has said, I have no doubt they'll post par- uh, portions of this interview on his social media. Here's the thing, though, Congressman. OK, it's like your last name reads like an eye chart. OK, so yeah. <laughs> that's why so, I tell everybody, just call me just call me guy. But it's just like it's written. Rushenthaler. R-E-S-C-H-E-N-T-H-A-L-E-R. Google it and then look for at guy at G Rushenthaler at G. Rushenthaler. That's how you find him, because you always have great information on there. You do great interviews as well. Here's the thing. I mean, you're one of the young guys that came in, right? And and you took it by storm, and you weren't afraid, and you weren't uh, quietly, you know, doing your work. You got out there, and you made a stand, and you took a stand. And, and we appreciate that, because you did not detour from what you've always believed. I've known you a very long time. 
You did not walk away from your fundamental beliefs, who you are as a person and what you believe about this country. You moved forward and into this position at representing the American people without changing. And that we appreciate that we appreciate. Hey, thanks, Rose. I, I love this country, served in the JAG Corps, served, served as a district judge, state senator. I'm in, I'm in Congress. I'm going to do anything to, to support the nation that I love. And I can tell you, if there's any younger people listening, my entire political career, I was told to, to wait my turn. I wasn't old enough. It wasn't my time yet. Don't listen to that. If you have something to contribute, if you want to make a difference, stand up, never lose your values and move forward. Yeah, that's good advice. I like that, in fact. And we're seeing a lot more young people uh, moving into those areas. And I think that's a good thing. So Congressman Guy Reschenthaler, check him out on social media. It's at G Reschenthaler. And Happy New Year to you and keep up the good work. We really appreciate you. You too, Rose. Thank you so much. Bye. Take care. All right. We'll be back with more of The Hannity Show. Lots more. Oh, and a new congressman, Burgess Owens, another friend of mine for many, many years. Looking forward to talking to him as well and taking some of your phone calls at 941-SEAN. That's 1-800-941-SEAN. And uh, during the break, check me out on social media. It's Rose Unplugged. And you can hear David part one at Facebook, Rose Unplugged. Well, our new Congressman Burgess Owens is joining me next after we come back from this half-hour break. Oh, my goodness. I'll need that break because something is stuck in my throat. Uh, I'll take real quick a phone call here. Uh, Daryl is calling. Hi, Rose. Uh, Hey, enjoying the show. I just had a comment that the left, I mean, I'm all for pushing back and acting out and that kind of thing. But, you know, the, the left is so vicious. If you're in corporate America and you t- try to speak up for your values, you know, you're likely to be, you know, uh, laid off or, or marginalized. If, if you try to speak at a university, you're shouted down. You're, you know, the left tends to be very vicious and, and, uh, and violent. And uh, Republicans, uh, to the most part, are pe- more peaceful. And, and you know, if they want to have a... Leftist rally or whatnot. Okay, whatever. I go. So, I ha- but Darrow, I have to go. I'm so sorry about that because you make an excellent point. They've infiltrated everywhere, and there is a plan. I'm going to talk about this more towards the end of the show. And thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate it. I don't know what's going on with my voice. It'll be fine when we come back. Hey, welcome back to the Hannity Show. My name is Rose, and it's been a pleasure being with you this afternoon. We still have another hour on the clock, so that's cool. Um, check me out on social media. Please like me, follow me. On Facebook, it's Rose Unplugged. Twitter, it's at Rose underscore Unplugged. And then I'm on oh, Instagram, Rose Unplugged with a number one. And then I've got a ton of, you know, MeWe and Parlor and all of that stuff is Rose Unplugged. So is my website. Also, I just want to remind you, we had Guy Rushenthaler on. His social media is G Rushenthaler. And um, what else did I want to say? Oh, oh, oh. So part one of David the Socialist Call from last week is posted on those social media platforms. I will have part two up soon. Now, joining me today is someone that I met. Gosh, he'll remind me because I can't remember. I had to cover so many conventions over the years. But he and I met, oh, I think it was Romney's. Okay, um, the Republican convention. We met. He's laughing. Did I get it right? Did I get it right? You got it right. It was Romney in Tampa. Exactly right. That's right. And, okay, so because I let me say who you, I mean, like you, this guy is like famous for playing football for the New York Jets and the Oakland Raiders. His only regret is he never had a chance to play for the great 
the awesome Steelers, but that's okay. We still love him. But he did let me try on his his um, Super Bowl ring. It was really way too big for me. But anyway, it was lovely on my hand, I have to say. He is the new congressman from Utah's 4th District. I'm so proud of you and so happy to know Burgess Owens will be in Washington, D.C., representing us. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rose. Yeah, we, we go back, way, way back in the days when I said never, ever would I be a politician. So that says a lot about uh, never saying ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. <laughs> Don't say it, right? It's, 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 it's been a good run. We go way back to the old Romney days. It's amazing, huh? isn't it? Uh, yeah, and, we, knew, uh, we liked yeah. each other right away. I knew you yeah. were one of the good guys. Yeah. Well, so so let me ask you this. What made you decide to run after having said so often that you would never become a politician. And I think it's, you know, let's start with this. You really aren't a politician, though, and I think that's what's important. Well, you know, that, that's a good question because, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. When I had started up a non-for-profit called Second Chance for Youth, yes. working with juvenile kids coming out of the, uh, the, the, the system and helping them to, to get their second chance. And it's something, Rose, that I had a dream for almost 30 years. That's why when I left the NFL was to make a difference in, in the community that I saw was heading in the wrong direction. And, and the lesson is this. I mean, eventually, if you hang in there, you go through your ups and downs, that your dreams will come true in this country. And I was doing that. And I realized about a year or so ago that if, if we don't get a change in the house, uh, these kids I work with here and the millions across our country do not have a chance because it's, it's the liberal democratic policies that's been, uh, that's been really uh, so adverse to success and, and belief in our country. And it's been going on for decades. So I, I decided it was a time to, to see if I can make a difference in that area. That the great thing, Rose, is that uh, what we've had the last four years is we now know what, uh, what American-loving leadership looks like in President Trump. So I'm, I'm just proud to be part of a remarkable freshman team, this entire team. We flipped 14 seats. Ashley's another one up. Uh, Claudia up in, in New York should be joining us sometime soon. We kept all, our, all the house seats. So what it says to me is the American people came through big time. We, we got through. We saw through the mess. We saw that we need to get our country back, and we fought against socialism. And we now have a house that's in much better position to protect the, the the culture that we believe so much into. So I'm just proud to be part of a, of a timing where the country really came, we're waking up, and American people spoke spoke strongly in terms of, uh, uh, you know, where, where, where our future is. And it's, it's, it's moving toward the light the way we've always done in the past. You know, and it seems right. Uh, the timing seems really right, doesn't it, Burgess? Because honestly, uh, what better time than now when so much is at stake, when freedom and the republic is at stake, when preserving the Constitution is at stake? And and you're you're the guy for that. And it's, you know, you maybe for such a time as this, you know, everything else was leading you to this very time and, and, and uh, you're in your life, but in the history of this country, because you'll be well, making can I, can history. I, you are part of history. Can I say this? I think we should all look at ourselves in that way. I mean, what you're doing right now, um, what our country did across our uh, across our nation in November 3rd, we all we all came to a point in which we're recognizing, no matter what side of the hour we're on, that our country's at risk. Never have we ever thought, never, that within one year we can lose the right to open a business, to go to church, to go to school. Never we thought that we're this close to giving power to such a small group of, of elitists that can change literally the way the way we we, we see ourselves. So I think at the end of the day, you know. 
know, we, we, we have a country built on the Judeo-Christian values. Every American is alive today to listen to my voice today, should be proud of the way we stood and the way we're waking up to what's going on today. And we're going to win this fight. At the end of the day, you know, it, it, you know, life is ups and downs and journeys, but at the end of the day, because of where we started, how we started, and the God in heaven, we will always, in the, in the end, we will win. So we just have to keep that in mind and, and just be optimistic and, and recognize that we're not, on, we're not on our own in this fight, for sure. I like that. Well said, my friend. Very well said. You know, when we talk about it, it's interesting because we've seen that the hard left has taken over America. And, um, you know, and they, we hear so much about socialism right now. You know, um, Bernie Sanders said, I'm not talking about that socialism. I'm talking about democratic socialism, which, by the way, it, there's no such thing because in a, even in a democratic socialist environment, you only have one free election and everything after that is like you have a choice between pork and pork or you know what I mean? There's just there is no choice. So so, you know, you hear him say that and others, I mean, the, that whole socialism vibe it used to be a time when people were afraid or ashamed to say the word out loud, even though they may have believed it and embraced it. They would never speak it out loud. Well, we're having a conversation now that we just would not have had three or four uh, years ago, right. and I say that's that's a blessing. It really is. We, we, we're coming through a time, and, and I, I can I can be an example. I can be a, a, a warning buoy for America because and we talk about this often. The, the environment I grew up in in the '60s, the days of KKK, Jim Crow, and segregation, our segregated community was such a positive, exciting, patriotic, educated, entrepreneurial race. Uh, that we were literally one of the most competitive races in our country. We led the country to growth of the middle class, men matriculated from college, men committed to marriage, and, and a percentage of entrepreneurs. That turned upside down because of the, the black elitists, the black socialists in our, in our midst that we trusted. And so here's a, here's a message I can give to America. Don't let what happened to my great, proud community of the 60s happen to our country. We need to wake up which we're now doing, we're now to understand that we're truly in the fight for the heart and soul of our nation. This is, this is why my grandfather uh, uh, volunteered at 16 years old to, to fight in World War I. My, my dad fought in 19, fought oh, in wow. World War II. Before I was born, they were fighting for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's actually what we have to remember, what we're up against. And if, we, if they can do that for us, then those days we can get out and make sure we fight to the very end to, to, to keep our country free at this point. Because we know what we're up against, and it's socialism and Marxism. It's not in another country. It's, it's within, within our nation today that we're fighting this, this, this great dark evil, for sure. Yeah, it really is, for sure. And, you know, I have said that, too, that every one of us has been equipped. And if we're not sure what that, that gift is or what that... Uh, what that mandate is that we have received and have already that have within us, then all we need to do is is really seek it out. And and, and because we all are uh, here for this time, it's not by chance that that all of us, any of us, are here for this moment. Yeah. And it yeah. is. Um, and and this this battle, this this battle for for liberty and 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 the republic is a hill that we're willing to die on. I mean, and I'm I'm not saying literally, but it is a hill that we're willing to die on. When you think about going in now, uh, when you go to uh, that great building in Washington, D.C. to represent the great people of this country, what are some of the things that you m are most looking forward to, Burgess? Well, I tell you that the things that I believe uh, made our country great is, first of all, our ability to think. Uh, ignorant free can never be. That was from our forefounder, uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson. And, and we have to make sure we're educating ourselves to think 
to be proud of who we are. So one of the one of the uh, committees I want to be part of is education and labor. The other part is is the understanding that we need to start teaching our kids once again that the free market is what makes our country what it is. It's those those small business owners who take that risk, get up every single morning to make their their, their day work, and go through the ups and downs, and they they they. they they power our middle class, and because of who they are, our middle class is a, is a class of, of empathy, of service, of faith, of, of reaching out, thinking outside the box. That's our middle class. That's what draws people to our great country and to the great state of Utah is our great business uh, base which creates this middle class, and that's what we're up against. They're trying to destroy the middle class. So I want yes. your friends out there to know what's going on out there. These blue yes. states... These blue mayors and governors, they're after our middle class. They want to shrink it. They want to destroy it. So what's left is a big big group of elitists that have a greater big group of dependents depend on them as their gods. That's what we're after, they're up against. So just know, this is not by accident that they're shutting down our economy the way they are. I, they I have right said that. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more. This is exactly what's happening. I did this whole monologue last week when I was sitting in for Hannity then, and I talked about the middle class. Look, it is out of the middle class that comes innovation. It is out of the middle class that doesn't need the elite. It is out of the middle class that employs. When you talk about the restaurant owners, I mean, this is one of the biggest industries in our country, and 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 and, the, and it encompasses so much. The vendors that supply them, the 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 managers that run them, they are the middle class. That is the middle class. This is not. You're right. It's not by chance that this has happened in our country. That these blue governors want to. Destroy that because it's a nice slippery slope from there once we've destroyed the middle class. Well, keep this in mind. The middle class is believed in self-sufficiency. They're the ones that yes. God, serve others, and they don't wait for somebody to give things to themselves. So, no, that's the biggest threat to the leftists, to those Amen. who want us to be dependent, to bring misery, is destroyed our independence, our freedom. And that's where, again, we wonder what makes our country the greatest in history of mankind. There's never been a middle class built by business owners than in this nation. We need to fight for that. We need to start teaching that. We are the first country to not teach our own kids our own free market. They grow up, 80% of our kids now think that, that socialism is cool. They have no idea wow. the yeah. misery that comes from that godless ideology. We need to make sure we're teaching that again. You abs- you're absolutely right. I am so glad. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad that you are going to be in D.C. and serving us. And check him out at Burgess Owens, B-U-R-G-E-S-S Owens, at Burgess Owens on social media. I love you, my friend. You know I do. And I wish you the very best. So thank you, Rose. And look forward to seeing you. This is going to be a bounce back year for us. Get ready, guys. Okay. Thank you, Rose. Look forward We're to ready. Thank, thank you for soon. joining us. Thank you so much, Congressman Burgess Owens, new congressman. Okay. We'll be back with more. The phone number, 941-7326. It's 800-941-7326. We'll be back. Hey, welcome back to The Hannity Show. My name is Rose. And thanks again to the Hannity staff. I love you guys, uh, Jason, Katie, and also here at WJAS for allowing me to use their great studios. And my producer, Greg, is back with me. I love working with him. So the call-in number is uh, 800-941-SEAN. Also, please, you know, if you want to hear part one of David the Socialist call, you can hear part one. I'll be posting part two very soon. Part one is at uh, Rose Unplugged on Facebook, or you can get there at Twitter at Rose underscore Unplugged. And I put it on some of the other uh, social media platforms as well. So please like me on those, please, and follow me, okay? It all helps. It's all nice to have. I appreciate all of you. Uh, let's take um, Dave 
who is not Dave the Socialist calling from Ohio. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm fine, Rose. I just wanted to tell you that I heard the Mark was his name on the last 15 minutes of the Russia show with a, um, a, um, another guy hosting the show, and he was very good in, in taking him down. But uh, he said the same exact phrases, so they must have had a paper in front of each one of them to yeah, they uh, have their say script. those phrases. Yeah. So they're they're, they're uh, seminar callers or something like that, and they're just trying to uh, take our our uh, trying to take our enthusiasm away from. Um, you know what, Dave? I want to tell you something. It, it might have even been the same guy. In which case, he lied to me. In which case, it means he's cheated on me because he called me first last week, and uh, maybe he didn't know I'd be on today. But I think, um, yeah, there's a script. Look, they have a narrative, but the thing is. Um, there's so much the vitriol there. You can sense it, right? It was there. And, and um, disdain for those of us who love freedom. It's astounding. Dave, thanks for your phone call. It's astounding to me that anyone is comfortable with that. He said something I thought was really shocking. Um, he told me that he hates our ideology more than he loves himself. Who says that? He hates our ideology more than he loves himself. I want to tell you something. And that's kind of what happened with this president, okay? Because when you look at him, if you were really honest, you have seen the, the great accomplishments that this administration has made. He, you have seen the promises that he kept. You've seen our economic growth. There are so many things. There are pages and pages of accomplishments and promises kept by this administration, this president. But... Those same people that hate our ideology more than they love themselves hate our president more than they love themselves or this country. They are, they are so full of hatred. And it, is, it, it, is almost, it almost defies any logical explanation, doesn't it? It defies a logical explanation. That is how much they, they have been taught or how ingrained hatred is for this country. And I, I talked about it earlier, where they learned that hatred, hatred coming out of our universities, our public schools, demonize America, tell all the bad stories, not the good, invalidate the founders and, and all that they did in their brilliance. And they were brilliant. They were brilliant. They deliberated over our future like it was going to be theirs and it wasn't even going to be theirs. All right, we'll be back with more after this. I'll take more of your phone calls. Stay with us, 800-941-SEAN. Yeah, it is. It's the Sean Hannity Show. My name is Rose. Please uh, be sure to check me out on social media. Like me, follow me, do all those things for me, if you would, please. Facebook, it's Rose Unplugged. Twitter, it's at Rose underscore Unplugged. Part one of David the Socialist Call is on those platforms. Also, MeWe and Parler and all of that. It's all Rose Unplugged. So, um, and I, Instagram, follow me there too, please. Instagram is Rose Unplugged, the number one. So um, there's a couple of things I just kind of, I would like to wrap up here before the top of the hour. Gosh, it goes so fast. And I love being with all of you. And every, you guys are so on. You're so spot on. The emails that I get from you, the messages, um, I really appreciate you. Very smart audience. Uh, there's a story that was in Climate Depot and also in RT News. Um, Social Democratic um, MP Carl Lauterbach. He is, um, <clears throat> he is telling us, uh, well, he's not telling us, thank God, but what's going to be the difference? I mean, you know, we just talked about this. He's the German uh, MP, 
And he was talking about sacrificing freedom for the environment. That's basically what he had said. He had done an interview recently, and he said that um, uh, personal freedom, just as many nations did during the COVID-19 pandemic in order to successfully fight climate change, um, he said that he said that we should compare that we should consider, I'm sorry, uh, imposing those same kind of restrictions on personal freedom in, in, in order to provide measures to deal with climate change. People, once you give it away, you don't get you can't get that back. It's it's a it's a big job, let me tell you, and probably impossible. So the minute we started giving into this, you know, the social distancing and the staying at home and the shutting down of businesses, when you walk through some of these neighborhoods now, you know, there are so many businesses that are never coming back. And again, you know, we've talked about why it's so important to maintain that middle class. We are we are really destroying an essential part of our economy, an essential part of our uh, country. Those small business owners are the backbone of our country, have been and always will be the backbone as long as they are permitted to continue to conduct business. So when you start putting these restrictions on people, this guy here isn't even ashamed to say, this German MP, he's not even ashamed to say we need measures to deal with climate change that are similar to the restrictions on personal freedom uh, to combat the pandemic. Not afraid to say that. Not ashamed. That's scary. Come on. But that is precisely what they want. You know, in control, like, you know, these guys that I don't know what else they're lacking in their life. So control is a big thing. Okay, that's that's everything for them. And this is all about control. Make no mistake about it. And how do you best control a people? You you make them fearful. And isn't that what they did with COVID? Amazing. Also, I want to address, uh, while I have some time here, some numbers that don't add up. And if you want to see the full report, you can go to my um, Facebook or Twitter and all of the other platforms. I have this because Pennsylvania lawmakers are saying, you know what, there's a problem here. The numbers aren't adding up in Pennsylvania. There's a group of state lawmakers. Um, you know, I love these guys. Metcalf is there and with others. He's a great guy, by the way, Metcalf. Anyway, there's a group of state lawmakers who are doing this extensive analysis of the data. Um, and, and it's interesting because that analysis is revealing a lot of discrepancies between the numbers of total votes counted and total number of votes who, uh, voters who voted in the 2020 general election. So we have these lawmakers now who are questioning how the results of the presidential election could have been certified by Secretary of Commonwealth Kathy Bukvar and Governor Tom Wolf. How did they do that? Because what they are finding, in addition to prior concerns, so this doesn't even eliminate those, prior concerns regarding actions by the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, the Secretary and others, um, there, if you do a comparison of the official county election results to the total number of voters who voted on November 3rd, as recorded by the Department of State, here's what it shows. It shows that 6,962,607 total ballots were reported as being cast. While um, DOS SURE system records indicate that only 6,760,230 total voters actually voted. So among the, the total ballots cast... 
And the total votes that were counted in the presidential race, including all three candidates on the ballot and write-in candidates, the difference of 202,377 more votes cast than voters voting. And that's together with the 31,547 over and under votes in the race. So that adds up to an alarming discrepancy, they say, of 170,830 votes, which is more than twice the reported statewide differences between the two major candidates. Interesting stuff in the full report um, is available on my social media. But I just want to do a shout out to those who um, who worked on this. And I appreciate them so much. Representative Russ Diamond and uh, Frank Ryan. And also, um, as I said, Dave Met- or Daryl Metcalf, Dave Zimmerman, Barb Gleam, Stephanie Borowitz, Dave Maul. They need to be congratulated. Schemmel, Kiefer, Nelson, Jones, Kaufman, Maloney, Rowe, Rapp, Cox, Brett Miller. So we really appreciate you. And and read this. This is this is astounding. But yeah, oh, but there's no evidence of fraud. Right. Right. All right. So I've got like two minutes here before I have to take a break. Um, let's go to James uh, in Michigan. James, thanks for holding. Yeah, Rose, I'd like to thank you and Team Handy for bringing the truth to America. It's such an important job that you guys do. Uh, real quick. Up here in northern Michigan, you wouldn't think I'd have a vested interest in this Senate race in Georgia, but I do. Mm. It's the Blue Cross card, the health care card that I have in my wallet. Both my family, my friends, this was big, something uh, Trump's team kind of didn't dwell on much. uh, Socialized medicine is a disaster. Here in Canada, they wait months and months to get needed tests, and the border's closed right now because of COVID. But once they open this border back up, by the thousands, Canadians will come to America for their health care. And just 12 years ago, I was sitting in a, a hospital talking with a man from Canada, and I was asking why he was coming over here for his wife's health care. And he said because she was able to get a doctor appointment and start her cancer treatment before oh. he could, she could even be seen in Canada. Oh, my and gosh. We know, we know that, uh, that Biden's pick for vice president is big on single-payer health care, but yes. I don't think they talked enough to the people of Canada what they think of their socialized medicine. You know what? That, that's a good point, and that's something, too, we haven't talked about much lately. We have in the past, but that is something to be very concerned about. James, thank you so much for your phone call. We'll take a break here. Check out my social media, Rose Unplugged, Facebook, Twitter. We've got part one of David the Socialist. We'll have part two coming up soon. We'll be back with more. Welcome back to the Hannity Show. This is Rose sitting in for the awesome Hannity. We've been friends for a really long time. I love that guy. People always ask me, is he really as nice and genuine as he appears? The answer is, oh, yeah, he really is. So I've got somebody on the phone who called in. And uh, actually, we've been talking about his event Pretty much during the uh, entire show, I know that Louis Gohmert was talking about being there and and uh, showing support for those of us who are concerned about the election. Ali's on the phone, and he is putting together the January 6th wild protest. How you doing, Ali? Hey, thanks for uh, answering the phone, Rose. Of course. Of course. <laughs> it was you. So listen, uh, let's talk about what you've got planned for January 6th. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a chance for our republic to be responsive again. I think that modernity has turned us into a society of actors. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to gather millions and millions and millions of patriots, Democrats and Republicans, who know that this question is a little bit funny 
and we wanted to be outside the halls of Congress while they were voting in that joint session whether or not to certify this botched election. And we're here to tell Congress, don't do that. You know, use your constitutional powers to keep Donald J. Trump as our president, the people's president, and don't choose this guy who is essentially a governor of China. Uh, you're so right. And, you know, it's so. F- I just did a story on the fraud. I mean, people say, where's the fraud? We don't see any proof. My goodness. the um, There are a lot of legislators here in the state of Pennsylvania who have done a really deep dive into analyzing the data, and, and they found discrepancies all over the place. I mean, we know, look, even the left knows that this was, that they won this. They didn't win it, but they stole it, and they understand that. And, you know, I think it's interesting because you had planned all along to be in Washington, D.C. on the 6th, and you were gathering people, you know, for some time now. Um, and then yeah. all of a sudden the president tweets, hey, <laughs> it's going to be a wild protest on January 6th. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I think it was December 16th, uh, you know, Stop the Steal, the coalition that I run, uh, announced the event. And it was in collaboration with Congressman Mo Brooks, uh, Congressman Paul Gosar, and Congressman Andy Biggs. And they were like, oh, Lee, bring your people. We've had these rallies all across the country, two times in D.C., a prayer rally, which you participated in in December. Yes. And they were like, bring those patriots here. Let our colleagues hear them outside before they vote. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Three days later, the president tweets it. And, you know, I think that was like a Friday afternoon or something. So the National Park Service and the Capitol Police they were getting spammed and, and, and overwhelmed because all these other groups were doing events, and we're totally supportive of every patriot coming and, and, and all kinds of events happening. And, you know, there's a big announcement coming out by, uh, from our president sometime in the next three days, and I think it's just going to go even bigger. Oh, I, of course it is. It, it's about, trying, you know, we're, we, and you know, the thing is, and I love this guy because, you know, Ali, I talked about this earlier on in the show. They hate him and they, that's because they hate us. They hate our, mm-hmm. what we believe in. I had a socialist call me on the, on the show today again, and he said that he hates our ideology more than he loves himself. Can you believe that? He hates our ideology more than he loves himself. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about the republic. This is about an ideology that the left hates because you know why? They have no control. No control whatsoever mm. over us. Um, when and, and here's an outsider that came in who wasn't one of the the choices that we were granted. You know, here choose McCain. It's his turn or Romney. No, this man came from the outside and he became president. And and it's that idea that they don't like. They don't want someone who isn't there anointed just walking in and ta- doing the job. You're exactly right. I've known the president since uh, 2014. And, uh, you know, he changed my opinion about him then. And I got to tell you, as someone, you know, who has been in the conservative movement now professionally at the national level for 14 years, this guy has been the most pro-life guy. This guy has been the most fiscally responsible guy. This guy has built up our national defense, but he's been a peacemaker around the world, playing in more arenas than Nixon or Reagan. Wow. This is the greatest American president, in my opinion, and he not only deserves our defense, our votes, our rights. And so that's why I think, you know, stop the steal.us. We're petitioning our Congress. We're petitioning our government because, Rose, we've seen what they can do. They can even close down our churches. If we cannot secure our elections, yeah. we won't even be allowed to go to church. 
This cannot stand. This cannot be. Every patriot must decide that their job, okay, and their other obligations are not more important than fighting for the 2020 election. Amen. That is so true. We can't. We must fight. We, we would be ashamed yeah. of ourselves. We would not be able to explain to anyone who comes after us how we just stood by and allowed an election to be stolen from us. We can't. I have two minutes. I want you to tell everybody what they need to know about the January 6th wild protest event. <laughs> yeah, so they can go to wild, wildprotest.com. You know, we really love the president. It will be wild, but wildprotest.com. That's where you can RSVP. Look, this is a free event, and anyone can show up anywhere in the District of Columbia. But we want to give you security alerts. We want to let you know who the speakers are that are speaking. We want to be the first to tell you about the president's upcoming announcement, which totally has to be jazzed up. And so if you go to wildprotest.com, you can sign up and be a part of this effort. And if you can't attend, then you know please consider supporting us. We're getting charter buses. There are people who are chartering flights. I mean, I've never seen anything. This is so much bigger than the Tea Party movement. I think so. It's going to be able to usher Trump in or, you know, if the worst of the worst happens, which I'll never call Joe Biden the president, it will hold him to account. It will hold the GOP, the flimsy GOP Senate to mm-hmm. account. I don't want my taxes to raise. I want a peaceful world. I don't want to go back to war in the Middle East. We have to stand up for this republic right now. And I couldn't be more excited to be standing up with patriots and believers across the United States. Now, eight weeks we're going to keep going. Well, thanks for what you're doing. I appreciate it. I'll be there. You'll be speaking. I'll be speaking. So many other great speakers. You can find out who they are at wildprotest.com or stopthesteal.us. And you will get all the information on where it is, what time. I think we're starting to gather at what, around 10 o'clock? Up. Yeah, 10 a.m. on the Capitol in okay. between the Supreme Court and the Capitol on the lawn. All right. Thank you so much for what you do. I appreciate it. We This is going to be huge. You know it is. It's going to be amazing. Thank you, Ali. Stop the steal. Thank you so much. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. I have so much enjoyed being with you. You're the best. You're the best audience ever, anywhere. You're so kind. And, uh, oh, just make sure you follow me on those social media platforms. I'll be looking for you there. Take care now. God bless and Happy New Year.